So, Jeffrey, I was talking with a friend the other day. Yeah. And I was saying, hey, you know what? The king's getting their teeth kicked in. Uh, you know, yesterday they lost game three, eight, two. And me saying, you know what? I'm okay with it. You know, at the end of the day, in my mindset, the Kings made the playoffs and it's a big step. And they said I had a very defeatist attitude. I should be hoping that they win the cup. And obviously on this podcast, I've made that joke, what, two dozen, three, three dozen times. Um, but I don't, you know, realistically, winning the cup isn't, you know, an expectation. You know what I mean? They're not the king. They're not the kings. They're not the avalanche. They're not the lightning. And the odd makers had them as the lowest odds, right? So they clearly, the expectation wasn't there. Am I in the right or am I in the wrong for having this quote unquote defeatist attitude? I think that, you know, I mean, I don't know how you feel about game one that the Kings won. Like, was that kind of just a lucky win or was that like, you know, they were the better team? Um, I think game two and three kind of showed the Kings weakness a little bit more, but I, 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 I think the expectation always was that the Kings weren't supposed to go far. If they go, you know, if they make it past round one, I think people will be more excited as they, you know, win each series. But like, I agree with you. It's not the expectation of them winning the cup. It's more that, you know, they continue to grow. And then, you know, they're at least, I would say two years early from what I think everyone thought their contending window is, or at least playoff window is. But, like, in two years, I think, is when they would really want to really consider that, you know, we should be, you know, where the Avalanche are, you know, favorites for the Cup for a couple years in a row. I think two years may be a little little hasty. But I think not to bring it, talk about the Kings immediately. I know I did that, but maybe to kind of put as a more broad sense. If you're a fan of a team... Does it mean you're a defeatist if you don't immediately expect them to win the cup every year? Or is that just being realistic? Especially if it's a team that makes the playoffs. Well, look at me and the Habs, right? I mean, like, I, you know, when, you know, beginning of the season, I'm like, okay, yeah, they, this should be a playoff team. But then after, you know, all the injuries and understanding where they were at as a team, and then they sold off to Foley. They sold off Sherrod. Like, by the trade deadline. I guess it's different because, you know, they weren't going to be a playoff team. Like, yes, you you want them to win the cup every year. But at the same time, you're, you're realistic, right? Like, if you're a fan of the Arizona Coyotes, it's... I wouldn't call it a defeatist attitude that they need to win the cup. It's... They, you understand who your team is. You, you have to be realistic about these things, right? Not every team is going to have, you know, have equal chance of winning the cup every year. You need to be able to understand what other teams are around you and, you know, be realistic and be like, okay, maybe we have a chance, maybe not. Sometimes it's just like, okay, we have no chance of regroup for three, four years from now. Or sometimes you're like, yes, this is my year. I, we need to win the cup. And as a fan, you're part of that, you know, fan base that's also like yeah like this is our year we need to win so you mentioned the Habs right so 
obviously the Habs didn't do so hot this year. But let's say if the Habs made the playoffs, would your not your expectation, but would your kind of I don't like expectation is like your personal expectation be, hey, we should be making winning the cup. I mean, if they just snuck in to the playoffs, I think if you come in as like a wild card team, you're not ex- as a fan, you're not expecting your team to win the cup. I think like like your LA Kings, like as the eighth seed, I don't think everyone was expecting them to win the cup that year. I think people were like, you know, they're on a hot run. They made some big moves at the deadline. Maybe they can make some noise, but I don't think everyone was like, oh yeah, they're a Stanley Cup favorite right then and there. Um, I think obviously as like divisional, like if the Habs were a divisional winner, maybe or like you know, they were clearly like over a hundred points. Yes, but like yeah, like if. I, the Kings didn't sneak into the playoffs, but they were they weren't in the strongest division, I would say, and they didn't clear a hundred points, I believe. Right? I feel like, uh, like once you, your team clears a hundred points, then I think you consider yourself as you know a potential contender. So, hundred points is the point where you expect them to be a contender. Is that did I hear that correctly? Uh, I I think so. Like, like that's where. Yeah, I mean, like I think there there's definitely certain teams where they're like, yeah, like that's a contender no matter how many points they have. Like, yeah, I mean, like if the Lightning decides to just shit the bed, but uh, just so long they made the playoffs, I think you'd still consider them a contender. But I think in general, like if you got a hundred points in a in a season over like an eighty two game season, you sh- you you would consider yourself as a contender. I, so so you are similar to me in the sense that understanding that you make the playoffs, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be hoping they win the cup. It's okay to not win the cup. Is that correct? Yep. Sometimes, you know, you just got to be realistic, right? There's 16 other teams. Some teams are going to be better than you. Some teams are going to be worse than you. And there's always, you know, freaking playoff hockey is always luck of the draw, right? Like Mike Smith could, you know, for the first, like his puck handling is like 50-50. Sometimes you get an amazing outlet pass. Sometimes he passes it to Philip Deneau. You never know. And with that, let's set the show proper, shall we? You're listening to the Bag of Pucks podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. And we are back. Jeffrey, so we're at, we're hitting game three for a lot of these series, right? Have you seen one series that you're just like every other series? Let's say if all the series were playing at the same time, which one are you watching? I think I can tell you which series I'm not watching. Can I start with that? We'll start with that. Yeah. What series are you not watching? I know it's very similar to the... We said the other, other, you know, other episode, which episode is least interesting. But now we've had a couple games to kind of gather your thoughts there. Which series are you not watching, and why? Of course. Um, I think you have like if you're not saying Calgary Dallas, I don't know what you're watching. Like, talk about okay. Like I know we, I think we all knew it was going to be, you know pretty tight you know Daryl Sutter led team versus a stars team that's you know fairly you know 
uh, like very solid, you know, defensively. Like they've each like I don't know. So right now they're playing game three here on a late late Saturday night. In the previous two games, there's only been one goal scored on a goalie. Like yes, I get playoff hockey. You know, it's intense and everything. You know. Like, you know, close checking, you know, a lot of like matchups and everything. But like, I want to see goals and I'm not going to watch a game where you're only going to see one goal and then you might see an empty net. Who knows? Maybe even two empty nets. But if you're basically going for the under every single game, it's not a playoff series I want to watch. I don't know about the, my answer here. Okay, so the answer I had was Colorado and Nashville just because Saros is hurt, right? kind of ruins it a little bit but at the same time ingram's been playing really well like i like as much as i don't want to watch it i i've been watching it <laughs> you know what i mean um ingram's played pretty well under the circumstance and that's a better way of putting it like i don't know for me it's one of those like i hate to watch it because you're watching you know you're watching a train wreck but ingram's played well game Game one Ingram, wild. You know, I know, Minnesota wild, but super interesting. Game two, it was, you know, something. I'll give you that, you know, played really well again. You know, game three kind of crapped the bed a little bit. You know, game three, I think today, uh, 7-3, kind of crapped the bed a little bit. And, that you know, it's fine. You know, at the end of the day, he's, what, your third string goalie. But... And that for me is kind of, kind of the series to watch. Is that is that I like it's hard, right? Because I, you also look at how it's Colorado. You know, the team with I would probably say what the best offense in the playoffs, or one of if not the best. Let's go with that, especially in the Western Conference, and just the third string goalie coming out of the middle of nowhere. Wait, so you're saying this is the series to watch or like the series that you're not watching? It's the series that I'm like watching, but like, you know, when your hands are over your eyes, you're kind of just like staring through the crack, you know, when you watch like a really scary movie. Because <laughs> you're just like, I kind of want to see Ingram steal a game, but I also like am aware that the Avalanche have a crazy offense. So how is this different? compared to the Pittsburgh Rangers series then, where Pittsburgh's also got a third-string goalie. <laughs> Sorry, I got the hiccups now. But I guess, like, I guess it, Rangers don't have the same offense as the Avs, and the fact is that Louis Domingue is holding his own against Igor Shesterkin. You know what it is for me, though? I think with Louis Domingue, it, it comes down to he hasn't stolen, like, almost stolen games. You know what I mean? Louis Domingue in game two at 875. Um, in game three, he had what? I don't know. What did he have? It was not, as you know, like an eight-something as well. And then game, did he play game one? He came in to relief, I think, in either the yes. second or the third overtime. Yeah. Like, I think there's that, A. Um, where he hasn't almost stolen the game, right? Connor Ingram has almost stolen two games, right? And then B, it's the name he's replacing. You know what I mean? UC Soros is like, I would say, top 
arguably top 10 goalie, Jeffrey? Is that is that realistic? I'd say top five. but Okay, so. yeah. So, like, an elite goalie. Meanwhile, Casey DeSmith is, what, top 20 goalie? Bottom half starter? He's a backup, my friend. Yeah, there you go. I totally got. I was, I was thinking of Tristan Jari. Never mind. But yeah, he's a backup, so it doesn't. It's not as wow. You know what I mean? It's. I would say Deming is in this situation out of necessity. For. Health wise, you know what I mean. De Smith is out, right? Ingram earned his way because Dan Riddich played poorly. No, that's fair. I, was Connor Ingram a World Junior guy? I I feel like I've like I remember I recognized the name and like I know he's never like he hasn't really ever made much of an NHL present. I think he was with the Lightning for a short while and then he came to like the Preds and, like for like a seventh round pick or something like something weird. But so like, that's I feel part like... of it actually. So that's part of it. So Connor Ingram. I th- he was on the way of being a bust. I know, 25 year olds for goalie. I know, right? But he was um, he was the 88th pick in 2016, was an all-star in the HL in 2019, 2020. Um, but before that, he actually really struggled, right? 2018, he was in the ECHL. You know, he, he was in the ECHL and then, you know, struggled. Um, and what the big thing was actually he struggled with some mental health issues, right? He had OCD, I think it was. And uh, yeah, you're right. In 20, June 14, 2019, the Preds uh, announced it in Ingram in exchange for a seventh round pick in the 2021 draft, right? So I think that's kind of where he was headed towards, right? Kind of in that third goalie, that tweener type of guy, right? Like, if someone really, a lot of players really got hurt, then he would kind of come in or even a career AHL. He was on that path, right? Which, don't get me wrong, still a pretty great career to have, right? Um, he beat a lot to get to where he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I Like he's, I don't know if this is his coming out party, but at least he's at least made himself an option going into next season for the backup job over David Riddick, who I think is only on a one-year deal. And you know, I look good on him. Like, I mean, I don't know if he's going to, like, I guess game two, he's kind of stole the game. I don't know when you said he's stealing, stolen two, two games. It's kind of hard to say that given this final scores. But, um, yeah, like, I, I mean, I'll be excited if, you know, like a Lou Deming or Connor Ingram or some other, you know, goalie who has to come in and, you know, steals a game. I think that's that's what we would love to see in playoff hockey. Right, like that random goalie that wasn't expected to play and just comes in and steals a game. Yeah, definitely. I don't. I don't think stealing the game as in like you know he gave them a very competitive chance, and maybe that's the word I'm using. Right. Usually, like you know my theory about backup goalies. Right. You just have to be not terrible to give them a chance that for your backup goalie. And I think your third goalie, the expectation is even possibly little lower than that too. Right. So, for sure, I think he's been a lot better than we anyone has expected. Yeah, no, fair. I just want to give an update. Um, in the the most boring series ever, there's now two goals that have been scored on a goalie. So, they've tied they've tied the same amount. Um, they've tied the amount of goals 
scored on a goalie this series in game three. It's one, one. Oh boy. Um, can we talk about the leaf series? Yes. I think that's, uh, I feel like a lot of our fan base and I feel like because we are, we live close to Toronto. We, that's like, kind of the main news I would say. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, a lot more exciting than I thought it'd be. I think it's definitely one of those series where I think people are like, it's almost weird in the sense where it almost looks like each game is another team dominates. Like, it's not like it's competitive. It's a competitive series, but each game it's, it's so momentum based. I find like once one team gets a momentum, like the, they've, they will not let the other team come back no matter what. Yeah. Honestly, like, it's it's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, oh, uh, like, everyone thought this was going to go to, you know, six or seven. And I would be kind of disappointed if it doesn't go to seven at this point. Like, it's just two teams absolutely just slapping the crap out of each other. And it's chippy. It's, like, physical. And it's exciting. I love it. I do. I do think the refs in the series, yes, it's a chippy series. But at least I feel like they're consistent, like, game to game. You're going to get power plays. You're going to get, like, it, it's exciting, I think, as a viewer because there's so many scoring opportunities and you have two high-flying offenses who are just willing to go blow for blow. And, like, you're seeing guys, you know, guys you don't normally expect to be a little bit more physical, like, kind of, you know, not going against each other, but, you know, they're they're really, like, pushing each other to, you know, play the best playoff hockey possible. And I'll be honest, I wonder if this all started because of Clifford. Explain yourself. Um, I was at work and I see Clifford doing nice boarding. I'm like, really? Two minutes right off the bat? And I was like, oh. And then I came come back to the screen later. I was like, oh, why is it a five-minute power play? So Clifford basically gets a match, no, a major, a match, a game, and a one-game suspension. And I think he set the tone for the series. Ends up not playing in the series, I guess. He plays, what, two minutes, I guess. But he kind of set the tone of what I think Toronto wanted the series to be. And granted, I think the game before the playoffs, where I think it was like Tampa beat them like 8-1 and it was a, another fight fest. I feel like there's a there's a hatred almost. And like it's shown in the games where like it hasn't been like that close, really. Like The games have been like, clearly define like okay this team should win i guess game three was a little bit closer than what most people uh, like the other games but like like there's been like a clear winner almost each game and the other team's just like okay looks like we're gonna lose we're not gonna be able to come back we can chip away but they're gonna just pull away later we just need to grind them down and play playoff hockey yeah i, I mean would you be disappointed if this ended quickly not really actually i think each each game's been great um but like even if one team 
wins early, like wins in five. I'm not like mad, right? It, it still gave us good playoff hockey. Yeah, for sure. Um, any series you want to talk about? Shifting all me. I feel like we talked too much about, not too much. I feel like we started off with the Kings and Oilers. I think we've kind of talked through them already. I think we just have like three series. Well, if we want to go back to that Pittsburgh Rangers series, like if you're looking for just offense, it doesn't seem like Shesterkin can stop a puck. Well, I mean, game two, he stopped a little bit more, but like Shesterkin's looked vulnerable. And I wonder if they maybe leaned on him too much in the regular season and now it's affecting him. So are you asking where it's just like he's a little like the team is running out of gas? I don't know if it's the team. I wonder if it's just him. Like, I wonder, I, like, Georgiev didn't play as much, I think, as many people expected because Shesterkin was so good. But I think, like, did the Rangers need to run Shesterkin that much to the point that he now looks almost tired in the playoffs? So, how much of that do you think is that, hey, that first game was a killer? Yeah, I was just thinking about it. Like, yeah, that's... <laughs> when you're facing, what was it, 70 shots, I think, from the... Well, it was kind of the Rangers' fault. Like, they just gave up halfway through. Sorry, it wasn't 70-something so- shots. The pe- Penguins had 83 shots to yeah. the Rangers' 68. Yeah, he played basically played almost two games in one night. And I wonder if, yeah, if, I, I think maybe with this, like, this game tonight... Where, you know, he got pulled, you know, he got a couple of periods off. I wonder if that just might, you know, let him recuperate and, you know, bring him back to his Vesna standard that he had shown on regular season. But, you know, I just kind of was wondering about that. But No, you make a good like, point, right? Let me let me jump in here real quick. You make a good point, right? He's never played more than thirty nine professional games in a season until this year. He played fifty three. Right? Um you know, last year he played 35, and now he's played 53. And now he's playing playoff games on top of that, and he's basically played, what, four games in six nights? Right? If you count that double game in... Um, basically, it's basically, you know, a triple game. You know, there was a... Not triple game, sorry, double game. That's, six, that's four games, six nights. Like, that's a lot. You know, even if you do back-to-backs, you know, your backup plays, right? He doesn't have that opportunity to have his backup play like Georgiev isn't playing like you mentioned right there's I don't know I, I think I might agree with you man I think dude it's too much yeah like when I when I saw that triple overtime game well I, I kind of just was like this game is still going on I was like it always also seems like Pittsburgh is always involved in those super long games I don't know if it's just me but I feel like every year the Penguins make the playoffs they have at least one triple overtime game where they just just, and then they win still somehow every year. It just feels like the Penguins love to, you know, play overtime games. I don't know if it's just me. No, I agree with you. I think um, so. Basically, overtime started. I actually went to go play video games, and uh, I just kind of forgot about the game going on. And then after that, I was like, "Oh man, it's late. Let me start." You know, head head to go to bed. And I'm like, "Oh, there's still a game going on. What the hell?" And it was that game where I was just like. Oh, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it it just too much. It was just like not too much. It was just like, holy crap, it's still going. 
Yeah, that that's definitely like a. I think it's gonna be a good series to watch for sure. Um, do we want to talk about the Panthers and the potential that they might be out in the first round? Yeah, let's talk about it. Obviously, let's talk about it. Um, would you be overly shocked? Uh kind of. I would say like this is the team that I think made huge additions. Not huge. Well, I guess getting Claude Giroux, Ben Sherratt, those are huge additions at the trade deadline. And the fact that they're... I know it's early in the series, and they're they're 2-1 down into the caps, but like it's a little bit worrisome that they only put up one goal in game three. Like This is a, like an offense that was scoring like almost like a four goals a game pace. Like Something's... Like it, it just seems a little bit off. I wonder if they, you know, they feel like they're they should be the favorites that they're not expecting the Caps to be much of a resistance. But you know, the veterans on the Caps have kind of you know pulled them through, and you know, Vanacek's, you know, they I guess they found their goalie for the playoffs. So, you know, they couldn't decide at the beginning of the season who's going to be a starter, but it seems like they've landed on Vanacek for the playoffs, and he's performing well. But I feel like. We've kind of I've been I've been guilty of this. Will you make the mistake by counting out the Capitals? I feel like they've been in the playoffs for so long that we we have right. Like after they won their cup, we're like, oh yeah, they won their cup now. Now we can like forget about them. So I agree with you. Like the Caps, I think we don't we didn't consider them as contenders because they were we kind of like all assumed they were just going to be that wild card team, right? Yeah, but like at the same time, it was kind of like, you know, how the Detroit Red Wings during their streak, it was just like a given. But by the end of it, you you kind of just like, oh, they're kind of like, they just snuck in. They're you know they, I won't say they deserve to be. I would never say that, but it was just like, holy crap, they're kind of like, you surprised they still made it. I think that's kind of where we are with that in terms of the um capitals were just like okay this is the year they're not gonna make it right this is the year they're not gonna make it this is the year they're not gonna make it and then they just go watch us and i think they have like a really good team i i also like to make a correction um after the panthers scored six on um uh vanacek on or five against vanacek on game two they went with samson off today so it's almost like that 1A, 1B right now. Um, but yeah, like I feel like the Caps, like once you have like su- sustained success, but, you know, not always having like the ultimate success in like in terms of like winning the cup, I think you just feel forgotten. Like, kind of like the Penguins almost, I would say, right? Like you expect them to be in a playoff. You're like, yeah, they're going to playoff team. But then you never like, oh, wait, this could be a team that can win, you know, win it all type of thing. As a Kings fan, I have to kind of go in with this with the you know skepticism that any team that makes the playoffs can win the cup, right? Have you mentioned the Kings winning the cup as the eighth seed in every episode? That's kind of a deal, you know. Every time I do that, the Kings, you know, give me twenty bucks. No, fair enough. But I yeah. I, I think if if you're the caps, I think you if you're in that locker room, I think you guys they feel themselves as contender. 
and the Panthers locker room, I think they're wondering like what the hell is going on. But like remember, this was the team I think that led the league in comebacks, or like they've had like a couple of crazy comebacks where like they're down like four goals in the third or something and they still make it in. So like I, I think we could still see the Panthers come back in this series. Um but it, it's been interesting. Like I think a lot of us would assume like if you're the number one seed, you should be like three oh by now. I think is kind of especially if you watch like the NBA playoffs where like it was clear that you know the like all the top seeds won going into round two like it's just weird that to see uh, an underdog leading a series uh, especially it's being like a the top conference seed versus the second wild card you know what I think differently here I think the NBA is different because the NBA you kind of just end up in the playoffs on like a six or seven, a seven or eight player rotation, right? Like you end up on very few people. So those players have to be very good and that's it, right? Like when it comes down to it, hockey, you're not playing eight players. You're not playing nine players, right? You're playing, you're still playing four lines, four lines. You could probably argue some teams drop it down to three lines and then like a little bit more, like the fourth line plays like a little bit, but like, you're still playing three lines deep, no, no, you know, no real change there. So I think it's I don't know if ho- if hockey and basketball are relatable in that sense. No, I think it's fair. Like uh, with yeah, it's hard to compare basketball and hockey. I I think you just assume like if you're the number one seed, it's so rare. Don't bring up the Kings, please. But it's so rare for like the bottom seed to you know even lead in the series, right? So. It's good on them. I, like if we look at like the Carolina Boston series too. Like, yes, I think like that's a little bit more. Yes, Boston's like won one game, but I still see that as like okay, this is like a top division team against a wild card. Like it's clear to see who's the better team. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think it's just funny too to like see you know the Hurricanes. You know, oh yeah, let's get two off injured goalies and oh wow like they carried us all the way to like number one c you know even when one's injured the other one can step in and then now both are injured and now they're playing like a guy that they just signed like it's kind of it's kind of ironic like um they were like okay we're not gonna spend that much money on goalie we're gonna you know do a 1a 1b type and in the end their 1a or the 1b doesn't actually end up playing <laughs> did you see uh the marshawn cross check or I don't even know what you would call it. That um move or that 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 rat move or that pest move he did on the the, the I, I can't pronounce like Hurricane you know, Scully. I'm I sorry. expect this from I expect something like this from Nazim Kadri. It's the first round, it's the Nazim Kadri special <laughs> to do something to get himself suspended. Well, I mean, it wasn't some like he Marshawn got fined, I think, which you know, I, it, it wasn't like a suspendable thing, but it's also like, come on, like this is a, this is like a guy who's like what played like two games in in the NHL or something, and they're all like playoff games. Like, see me, I'm kind of okay. Sorry, he's played three regular season games, so he's he's almost tied. He's almost played as many playoff games as regular season games. So like, come on, like give the kid a break. Like, you know, get in his face, but don't freaking you know. Like he plays the puck skate across and then cross check it. Like like that's a little bit much if you're Marshawn. Speaking of that, um, 
the Jared Spurgeon cross check on Pavel Buchnevich. I okay, I we tweeted about this. So if you if you want to if you want to hear more about our thoughts, follow us on Twitter at bop underscore pod. Um, so it was a I would say it's an intent to to injure, right? Like you don't cross check a guy in the Achilles like that, right? See, I've only seen like photos of it. I've actually never opened up like the video, but like just to seeing from like the picture, I, it was like mid cross check, and I could just see it. I was like, okay, like that's 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 an intense. Inch. Did he get like did Spurgeon get anything in the end? Uh, a five thousand dollar fine. I I kind of get it in the sense that it's playoff hockey, and like if that happened in regular season, I think he gets a game at least. But, like, did Spurgeon get, like, any penalties from that play? Or was that just, like, oh, we okay. missed it as the refs? So, here's the thing, though. So, he did get a penalty. Don't get me wrong. He did get a penalty. Um, so, we know that the NHL puts a multiplier on playoff games, right? So, the value of one playoff game is more than a value of, you know, a regular season game. Which makes sense, right? Like, at the end of the day... They're a bit more valuable, right? Yeah. So, if we could do that for suspensions, why can't we do that for fines? Right. I th- my assumption of what going on, what happened here, was that it was like, okay, cool. Like you said, it was probably a game in the regular season, but not a game in the playoffs because. You know, let's. I think the multiple I've heard before is three or four, right? It's one regular season, one playoff game is about three or four playoff games. And I was like, okay, cool. One game, regular season, fine. So they went with a fine. And the fine is the maximum allowed, but, you know, it's $5,000. Your multiple doesn't exist. Why can't there be a multiple in the playoffs where, you know, again, that three, you know, you'd have to determine with the NHLPA whether it's a three or four or something like that. And just go, now your maximum is now $15,000 instead of the $5,000. Like, if you can place a multiple on suspensions, why not fines? Well, I think that multiple that we talk about, it, it's it's an unwritten rule, right? Like, some a suspension that's worth two games in the regular season is worth half of that in the playoffs. I think... It's, a, it's such an unwritten rule. It's like not on anything like CBA or whatever, right? Like, I, I'm actually surprised that all he got was a cross checking. Like you just mentioned, right? Like, that was like an intense injury. You would assume, you know, the game was 4 0, like less than two minutes left. Like, you, I would have been like, okay, if you're, the, if you're the ref, you're like, I'm not start letting anything start. Let's give him the cross check. Let's give him an unsportsmanlike conduct, you know, send him to the showers early. Like, I'm surprised it didn't even get to that. So, like, maybe the refs missed it. Um, in terms of like that multiplier for fines, I, I feel like that's just going to be too complicated. Like, at this point, like, you know, if you need to give out fines, give out a fine, sure. You need to give out suspensions, give out suspensions. As long as you're, like, fairly, you know, consistent, I'm okay with it. But at the same time, it's... Everyone knows. you call it an unwritten rule or something, whatever. But everyone knows playoff games are more important than the regular season. Why they penalized the same. 
well, you if you you want to watch, you know, the best players on the best teams. Like I know, like you know, not always like the stars players get suspended, but you know, like you want to watch, you know, you know, exciting hockey. And like, I think if you're the NHL, you're like, okay, having this like rough stuff is not rough stuff. Sorry, like having this truculence and this, you know, grinding, hard checking hockey, like with all like the after. The after the whistle plays, I think that really helps sells a lot, like your game a little bit, right? Like if every, you know, after every whistle, if it was like, you know, NHL where everyone just skates around and then goes to their, get ready for the next faceoff, I, th- I think a lot of people would not be as enthusiastic about it. So I think you're okay with allowing some leniency, but when it, in if, if it gets to a point where player safety is, um, threatened i think then you need to like you know step it up with those fines and suspensions but i think you're okay being a little bit more lenient in the playoffs so you're right i agree with you you want to watch the best players so if that means you have to suspend one of these players for a game or two or raise the fines i'm not saying the suspension part i'm just saying you raise the fines Right? I'm saying you make the fines larger. If that's what it takes, a larger fines to prevent stuff that causes injuries to these star players, is that not worth it? I think right? we had if, this discussion in the past too, where we're like five thousand dollars is the maximum well, I'm not, fine. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying about that. I'm saying if you make the fines larger for the playoffs only. Just the playoffs only. I, you know how I feel about the five thousand dollars. I think that's garbage. I disagree. I disagree. If you play some multiple on games in the playoffs, because those games are more important, shouldn't the multiple exist in the playoffs? If that's how we prevent these star players from getting hurt and providing that best on best that you really emphasize there about playoff hockey. I'm not talking about we raise the fines. I'm saying that shouldn't we have a apply the multiples to fines if we have the multiples to suspensions? I'm gonna say no because it's not gonna be you're not gonna be able to know how you're gonna write that in the CBA, and I don't think anyone's gonna agree with that. We agree or disagree. <laughs> All right, I feel like we've kind of like you know talked a little bit of every team. I mean, right now it's <laughs> getting close to 11 p.m. Eastern, like. This is a very late, late night playoff wrap up. Not wrap up, round up, round table. I don't know what it's called. It, it's it's been a late episode. Um, I think we're both tired, but you know we can't end this episode without uh, a dumb Olsen question. And I'm I'm getting ready to answer it as quick as possible so that we can wrap this up. Let uh and let you guys you know hear it as soon as possible because you know that our 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 talk whatever we talked about like who knows the calgary dallas game could have another goal suddenly and we'll all our um, everything we talked about them being a boring series could all go to waste so what is a worse time turbulence or sea uh not it's not sea turbulence not sea sickness either what's that what's the word i'm looking for jeffrey what's turbulence on a boat <laughs> Waves? Uh, waves. That type of deal. For our listeners listening, I'm sure you know. What's worse, having 
the plane move because of turbulence or waves seasickness. There's definitely a term for this. I don't even know what it's called. There's definitely something I've definitely, I definitely, we've definitely heard of. I just can't think of it because again, it is 11, 11 p.m. I, I kind of get what you mean in a sense. I, like, to me, I'm a pretty good swimmer. I'm not a really good parachutist. So I, I feel like I would say turbulence is worse. Um, but it, it depends on the boat and it depends on the plane, right? Like, if you're in a glider, uh, turbulence is, you know, not as fun uh, than if you were, say, like in a Boeing 747, right? Like, different planes, you know, you're going to experience turbulence different. Same with the boats, right? Like, if I'm in, a like, a very rough... If, it, if the water is really rough and I'm in like a little canoe, especially with Olsen in the canoe with me, that's not going to be a good time. But like, say I'm in a nice like little like if I'm in a speedboat or anything and it's like fully covered, like I wouldn't be as, you know, worried about being in rougher waters. So um, in the end, though, like like I said before, I'm a better swimmer than I'm a parachutist. So I think I would say being up in the air in, in turbulence is probably a rougher time for me. Just because I'm a prick. Counterpoint. Um, turbulence is usually like, what, five minutes? Uh, when you're, let's say, I'm using a cruise ship as an example, right? The rough seas are not, it's usually for what, like hours at a time? Yeah, but you can see, like you can know when you're going to encounter rough seas. I think tur- turbulence is more random. Like you can... You can see when you're like you know when you're gonna be in like rougher waters, right? Like when the, you can see, check the weather charts and like be able to be like, oh yeah, like we're gonna have some rougher, rougher, rougher weather in a little like like when you're in the boat, right? But like if you're up in the air, turbulence is so random. You never know when you're gonna get a sudden gust. You know, never know when you're gonna get a microburst all of a sudden. Like you, you can never tell, right? It's harder to estimate when you're going to experience those uh like yes it's for a shorter time but it's also like it's unexpected i think that makes it scarier than being in a boat cool yeah no i'm just being a break here um that's all i got final thoughts why is it that you always ask a question but we never get to hear your opinion oh my opinion is um turbulence i prefer turbulence because it's shorter and um i don't know the idea of falling from the sky to die versus drowning i'd rather fall from the sky well no one said that you would die from turbulence right like turbulence can be fairly mild like you're not going to die from that like worst case scenario you know what fair um, I just don't know if I wanna, <laughs> uh, if we're if we're in the same plane at any point in the future, if we hit turbulence, I'm gonna watch you and see how you react. Yeah, but I don't really have any final thoughts except you know, Alston, when you ask me, uh, ask me or Anson, you know, one of these questions, we would like to hear your opinion too. I I know you'd like to be a, like to you know counterpoint and counterpoint and counterpoint, but we would love to hear your opinion too. It's not just this isn't you know the jeffrey and anson's opinion it's the bag of pucks podcast and we all can have an opinion 
Appreciate it, Jeffrey. Did you have any final thoughts? Uh, no. Love y'all. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Back Fucks Podcast, part of the National Podcast Network. You want to complain about us? You can tweet us at BOP underscore POD on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.